Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, non-binaries and binaries and trinaries and quadrinaries, straight people, cis people, non-cis people, gay people, black people, white people, orange people, people who like bacon, people who don't like bacon, people who eat steak every Friday night, people who don't. People who come from Africa, people who come from America, people who come from Australia, Europe, China, Antarctica, penguins, koalas, humans and non-humans, and those who are both at the same time, like some Schrodinger's cat bullshit. I think I included pretty much everyone there. I don't think I missed anyone out there. Because we can't just say boys and girls or ladies and gentlemen anymore, can we? That That's not very progressive of me. In fact... That would be very unprogressive. And the faggots, oh, shit, oh, fucked up, Jesus Christ. People would yell at me for not being progressive. I'm not very PC. I'm going to get cancelled at some point. Let's fucking do it. Day 133 of the Inner Winner Show. I'm Andy, your host, as always. I love you very much. Trying to be very progressive with the new year. That's my New Year's resolution. Be a little more 2021, a little more progressive. You know, be up to date with that poof stuff, that faggot stuff. You know, don't say the word nigger because I say that too much. I'm just not politically correct and I'm trying to clean up my act. So today we're going to talk about self-sabotage, self-fulfilling prophecies. This comes from, I had a conversation with Imogen and I said I'd turn it into a podcast. One of the girls that we're seeing, the virgin girl that we started seeing a couple of weeks ago or a couple of, I think it was like a week or two ago, she, from the very start, she made it very clear. She said, because my parents, she was very honest, actually. On the first date that we, we had with her, she said, my parents th- went through a divorce. And so from that, I think I have this fear of abandonment. And Imogen went through the same fucking shit. A couple of my coaching clients, I, I know a couple of guys will listen to this and be like, yeah, that sounds like me. People who go through a divorce often are left with this fear of abandonment. Makes fucking sense, right? Like, it feels like your parents fucking abandoned you. It feels like you can't, like, get too invested in a relationship, even a casual one like friends with benefits. You don't want to invest too heavily in it because you have this fear of, like, it's probably going to end. Because I saw my fucking parents divorce, so this person is probably going to eventually leave me. So, anyway, this girl has that. She was very honest about that. She told us that on the first fucking date. We talked about it a little bit. Let's fast forward a little bit. Recently, like the third time that we were going to hang out with her, she flaked on us like 20 minutes before she was due to come over. And she'd already sent us a message like an hour before saying like, hey, I'm super excited to see you guys. And she flaked at the last possible second for a really dumb fucking reason. She went out to the beach. She got herself sunburnt. And she's like, fuck, I'm sunburnt. I can't come over. And Imogen sent her a text and said, like, if you're sunburnt, that's fine. Like, you know, we won't hurt you. Like, we'll make sure we don't touch the bits that are sunburnt. We'll just chill out. We'll have a bit of fun. We don't have to have anything fucking hardcore. We'll just hang out for a bit. We'll have a decent night, right? Especially because this girl is a virgin. So I'm happy to take our time with her. Every time we meet doesn't have to be like hardcore sex. We haven't even fucking had sex with her yet. We've done everything except have sex. So, you know, it's cool. Just come over. We'll have a chill night. If you're sunburnt, that's fine. We'll put some fucking, like, 
you know, lotion on you or some shit to make it feel better. Have a cold shower, whatever. We'll just chill out. We'll have a couple of drinks. We'll just hang out at our place and we'll have some fun. It'll be a nice night. You know, it doesn't have to be hardcore sexual if you're feeling painful or whatever. Fine. She made excuses and she said like, I'm not, you know, I don't know if I should come over like blah, 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 blah. Making dumb excuses that girls sometimes do when they want to flake on you, but they're not confident enough to just say, hey, I'm not coming tonight. She was kind of like, oh, I'd love to come, but like, you know, just the sunburn. And so we kept trying to solve that problem for her and saying like, don't worry, we'll put some lotion on you or don't worry, we'll just chill out. Maybe we'll order some fucking takeaway or something. We'll just have a nice night. We'll chill out. It'll be cool. Have a drink. And she kept making these excuses until finally she like eventually said like, I don't think I can come. I'm really sorry. I really wanted to come. So Imogen sent her back a text saying like, okay, but I have to be honest. I'm really disappointed. Right. Fair enough. Like you flaked on us like fucking 20 minutes before you were due to come over. We'd been excited to see, to see you. You were excited to see us. Of course, we're going to be fucking disappointed. This kind of triggered something in her. And Imogen used to have the same shit where she used to have this, Imogen had this really big fear of ever disappointing anyone. And this girl said she had the same fucking thing where some girls have this. It's unrelated to the fear of abandonment. That's a separate issue. We'll talk about that in a second. But this fear of disappointment that a lot of girls have, especially you guys will find if you date really submissive girls, some of them will have this like big deep-seated fear of like, I'm worried that I will disappoint you. And like everything will fall apart if I ever disappoint you. It's like a hardcore version of submission or like wanting to please and be a good girl where it just goes into overdrive. And you're like, if I'm ever not a good girl, the world will fall apart. Imogen certainly had that at the start when I first started seeing her. And this girl definitely has this. In Imogen's case, it came from partly her school. She went to a very prestigious, expensive, like rich private school. And so they drilled into her, like you have to get straight A's or you're a fuck up. You can't ever disappoint anyone. It also came a little bit from her father, who's like a helicopter kind of parent. And he drilled into her from the start. If you don't get straight A's, like you're a fucking, you know, you're a failure, everything's So she had this deep-seated fear of like, I have to just, I can never disappoint anyone. I have to be perfect. I have to be great with my fucking school. And she brought that to the relationship. It wasn't a relationship at the start. She brought that to the like friends with benefits scenario that she and I had at the start where even like during sex and stuff, she felt like she could never say no because she might disappoint me. Or she, if I ever said like, hey, what are you doing on Friday night? Do you want to hang out? She'd be, if she had something to do, she'd be like, fuck. She'd like, be in this conundrum of where she'd be like, oh my God, but I was I was going to hang out with my friends already, but he's just invited me to come over. Like, fuck, if I say no, why don't I be disappointing him? Like, I'd be letting him down. And it took me quite a bit of effort and quite a bit of like coaching and mentoring, I guess, with her to eventually get her to a point where she was okay with like running the risk of disappointing people. And I had to literally train her. I was like, I'm going to train you to disappoint me. I want you to start saying no when you don't want to do something. And I want you to be okay with the fact that I might be disappointed with that. And I had to literally train her on how to disappoint someone and be okay with that. That was the mission for a while. For like a good three-month period, I remember I said, every chance you get to disappoint me, I want you to take it. I'm literally asking you to disappoint me as much as you possibly can so that you can practice disappointing someone and feeling like, okay, like, I disappointed them, but life carried on. The world didn't fall apart. 
everything didn't go to shit because I let them down one time. That's part of fucking human nature. It's a Buddhist quote, actually, or a Buddhist proverb that I learned years and years ago. I fucking love it. It's beautiful, as a bunch of Buddhist proverbs are. And this Buddhist proverb is, eventually, everybody will let you down. I fucking love that. On the surface, that sounds like, man, that's a fucking nihilistic, depressing quote. No, it's a fucking beautiful quote. When you remove that expectation of other people being perfect, of you being perfect, when you just accept that like human beings are fallible, they're shit, we're fucked up, we're all train wrecks, we disappoint each other, we go against our word, we're not perfect, we're fuck ups. When you accept that everybody around you is a fuck up and that they're always going to disappoint you eventually, every single person you meet is going to disappoint you at some point. Maybe that means you had crazy expectations that couldn't be met. Maybe you're in the wrong for expecting something from them that they could never give you. Maybe they did genuinely let you down. It doesn't matter. Eventually, everybody will let you down. Everybody would disappoint you at some point. I had to drill these concepts into Imogen and eventually she started to get it and she started to be okay with saying no to stuff that she didn't want to do. Not just with me, disappointing other people. She learned, it took like probably six months for her to learn to disappoint her father, someone that she'd spent her whole life being terrified of disappointing. Disappointing workplaces, quitting jobs that she didn't want to quit, even though she hated the job because she was terrified of like letting them down if she quit, you know. Ditching a couple of friends or cutting off friendships with a few people who weren't good for her because she felt like, if I do that, I'll be disappointing them. So it was a really long process of her becoming okay with this concept of like, eventually you're going to disappoint people. And kind of tied into that is this fear of abandonment. She had the same fear of abandonment as this virgin girl that I'm going to get to in a second. Um, I know I'm taking a long-winded way of getting there. But Imogen had this fear of abandonment as well, which was tied into a fear of disappointment because her parents got a divorce when she was really young. It was a really fucked up, messy divorce. Wasn't pretty, wasn't great. And so she had a fear of disappointing her father and a fear of abandonment. You tie those things in together and those are very tied in. And this virgin girl that we're seeing, man, she's like Imogen version 2.0. Everything I can remember having to go through with Imogen or going through with Imogen, I didn't have to do it. I fucking chose to do it. Everything I mentored Imogen and helped her get through early on in our relationship, like when we were just friends with benefits early on, this was like two or three years ago. This girl is like exactly like that. And that's the whole point of today's podcast is when people have a certain fear that drives them, like in this girl's case and in Imogen's case before, but we'll talk about this girl for a second. This girl had told us, I have a fear of abandonment because my parents divorced. And she said, I have a fear of ever disappointing anyone. And I'm tying that into concepts of like a self-fulfilling prophecy or self-sabotage. Often when we have a fear, we're so hardcore focused on that fear or we're so convinced that that fear will eventually come true that we make it happen it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you obsess about something for long enough, that is all that you can see in your vision. And then when it comes time to make a decision, all you can think is like, yeah, this fear of mine is going to come true. And you fucking make it happen. You don't want to, but you do it. It's subconscious a lot of the time, but 
That's what a fucking self-fulfilling prophecy is. It's like a fear that consumes you that you'll end up making happen because you're not thinking of any alternatives. You're obsessing about the worst case scenario or your fear coming true. And because that's all you're looking at, you're not looking for alternatives. It's like, I've said this in previous podcasts, it's like you're playing, all you're focusing on is losing. And because you're so obsessed with the losing or the fear coming true, you don't look for you don't look outside and say like okay how can I win how can I make sure I don't lose you're so hardcore focused on like fuck I hope I don't lose that you don't even try and win and you just end up losing by default because you weren't even playing the game you weren't even trying to win so in this girl's uh as the, using this girl as an example her fear of abandonment and her fear of disappointing people meant that the other night when we were due to see her Instead of her playing to win and saying like, yo, I'm really fucking sunburnt. How about I just come over? Is it okay if we just like chill and watch a movie or something? Like, I really don't think I can do anything sexual. I don't think you guys can fucking touch me because my skin is just on fire. But like, do you want to just hang out and have a nice night? We literally offered that to her. And because she had a like a fear of disappointing people or a fear of abandonment, she didn't take that option. She didn't even consider that as an option. That would be how you win, right? If you're seeing someone or you're seeing a couple and you want to win and you don't want to let them down, you would say like, yo, can we just hang out and do other shit instead? I'm really sorry. I know it's not going to be like super sexual, but like, I like spending time with you. Can we just hang out? That would be how you play to win. Or you would say, I'm really sorry. I'm really fucking sunburnt. I can't see you tonight. It's just, it's not going to work out. Are you free on like Monday? Are you free in a couple of days? Like, I really want to see you guys. It's like you try and win. You try and do something to make up for the fact that you've just disappointed someone. You know you've disappointed them and you play the game to win. Instead, in her situation, because she was so fucking obsessed with this idea of like, I'm going to eventually disappoint them. I'll give further context. She also, the second time we hung out with her, she said, I'm convinced that you guys will eventually get sick of me and stop seeing me. And I said, like, well, that's silly. You're just going to, if you're obsessed with that, you're going to make it happen. I tried to teach her the concept of self-fulfilling prophecy. Usually with this stuff, with mentoring and teaching someone something, you have to say it like 10 different times in 10 different scenarios before they finally click. You can't just say something once to someone and they'll get it. But I was trying to gently start warming her up to this idea of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And I think that's what's happened here. I think she's engineered a situation in which she disappoints us. And she's only done that because she's so terrified of disappointing us. She's deliberately disappointed us because she was afraid that that was going to happen. So what do I mean when I say she's disappointed us? She obviously didn't come over. And then after Imogen sent her that message saying like, I'm disappointed that you didn't come, you know, because you flaked on us fucking 20 minutes beforehand. She then went she didn't reply for like a fucking day. And then she replied with this like fucking five paragraph long essay saying, you know, I, I let you down. I disappointed you. I understand if you don't want to see me again. I, I completely understand if like, you know, you want to leave me and like, you know, you don't want to see me a third time or anything. I know that I'm too much to handle, you know, that blah, blah, blah. It's this like long fucking thing of you like trying to, of her trying to like sabotage Essentially, it's like self-sabotage. It's like, you didn't have to write those five paragraphs. I appreciate your honesty. And Imogen wrote her message and said like, hey, appreciate your honesty and shit. But like, you're the one that's engineering a situation in which you lose. Like, we're happy to just keep fucking seeing you. Or if you don't want to see us that night because of your sunburn, just be like, yo, I'm really sorry that I flaked on you. I'll see you guys in a couple of days when I'm better. Like, 
You're the one that engineered this big situation in which you've let us down and you've disappointed us. And, oh, my God, like fear of abandonment has come true. Like we are going to abandon you. You know, you were right all along. You knew that we would abandon you. You knew that we'd be disappointed in you. And this happens so many times. I'm just using her as the best example. But Imogen has a couple of examples like this from early on when I first started seeing her. I have another friend of mine that I'm going to talk about in a second. So many people... A couple of my fucking clients have these self-sabotage, like self-fulfilling prophecies. They're so convinced that something will happen that they end up making it happen. People just sabotage themselves so many millions of times. I catch myself sometimes almost doing it. And I've gotten really good at picking up when I'm trying to self-sabotage myself. And I'll go like, stop, faggot. That's not politically correct, is it? But whatever. That's what I fucking say to myself. I'm like, stop, faggot. Why are you trying to fuck this up? Why are you so convinced that it won't work out that you're actually making it happen? A good one is my fucking coaching. Not now, but like, let's say a year ago, I didn't ever think I could get to a point where I could earn all of my, like I could pay all of my bills through my coaching or through my website and affiliate links and and sponsorships and shit like that. I didn't think that I could ever get to that point. And so because I was so convinced that it was hopeless for me, I can never pay all my bills. I have to always have a, a, a part-time job. I'll never get to make it. Other people can make it, but not me. Because I was so convinced of this shit, I was self-sabotaging. People would hit me up and be like, yo, Andy, I want to pay you fucking money to help me. And instead of me saying, okay, I accept your money. Let's book in a coaching call. How's Monday for you? I would send them a fucking like answer to their questions. I would write like fucking 30 paragraphs. I would spend like an hour and a half doing it, which is so fucking retarded when you look back. But I would spend like an hour and a half answering their questions for free when they had messaged me to give me money. And I would do that. I would literally sabotage myself and turn down money that they wanted to give me and give them advice for free instead when they wanted to give me money. And then I would turn around an hour later and be like, I can't pay my bills. It's, uh, you know, poor me. What was me? I can't, I don't know why I can't pay my bills. I'm just not that kind of person. It's not for me. Other people can be successful, but not me. So many times we self-sabotage because it, it's it's hilarious to look at. If you're an outsider and you can see this shit, it, it seems insane to you. But to the person doing it, the person who is in the middle of self-sabotage, you're so convinced that your fear is going to come true. You're so convinced, like in this girl's case, that you're going to be abandoned or that Andy and Imogen won't see me anymore. They'll get disappointed in me. They'll realize I was a loser and they'll stop wanting to see me. You're so convinced that that will happen, that you make it happen. Especially because a lot of the time you want it to happen so that you can say, yeah, I was right. See, my worldview is correct. My narrative is correct. I was right the whole time. I know that I'm smart and that I know how the world works. Look, I just got proven correct. It's like, no, you fucking spastic. You were wrong, but you manipulated the results. You made the bad outcome happen. And then you confirmation biased and you said, yep, see, look, bad outcomes happen. It's like you fucking retard. You spoiled the result. It wasn't an empirical study. You stuck your fat fucking fingers into the pie, so to speak. You manipulated the results. You got your hands in there and you fucked around with the actual study and you made the outcome happen. And then you said, look, see, I told you the outcome would happen. Oh, for fuck's sake, you made it happen. 
I think the best example of this kind of shit is a mate of mine, or he used to be a friend. I stopped being friends with him partly because of this and partly because of a couple of other things, but mostly this. I got sick of watching him have self-fulfilling prophecies that he made come true by sabotaging himself. One thing in particular that he had was he was so utterly convinced because his parents had a shit relationship and he himself got married and then eventually got divorced. He was so convinced that relationships never work out. He was so convinced that there are no good women on the planet because he hadn't met any. Although I will point out he had met a bunch, but he just sabotaged those. So he had confirmation biased. And every time he met a good woman, he was like, nah, she's going to be a bad woman. She just hasn't fucked me over yet. And then every time he met a bad woman, instead of screening her out and saying like, damn, she's a bad woman. I don't want her in my life. He would like gravitate towards her because she fit his narrative and he'd spend time with her and they'd have a shit time, they'd have a shit relationship. And then at the end of it, when they inevitably broke up, he'd be like, yep, see, I told you all women suck, all relationships and Ever, you know, life is suffering. He was so convinced of this idea that it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Always, with every girl he dated, he was miserable. And he made himself miserable. And every single time, I would say, like, dude, why the hell are you with this girl? She's fucking bipolar or some shit. You should not be with this girl. And he'd be like, no, nah, she's okay. And he'd just have the shittest relationship ever. It would eventually f- get fucked up. And then he'd say, he'd turn to me and he'd be like, yep, see, I told you. All relationships and women suck. No one can be happy. And I'd be like, what about my examples? At that point in time, I had Imogen. I was like, Imogen's a fucking great woman. You can't say that she's not self-aware. You can't say she's not intelligent. You can't say she's not into self-improvement. You can't say she's not all of the the qualities that I, I value in a woman. She's all of those and more. And he'd be like, yeah, but she just hasn't fucked you over yet. She's going to fuck you over. And I was like, no, man, I'm so convinced that she isn't going to fuck me over that guess what I did? I made sure she didn't fuck me over. I made sure she didn't end up running away or leaving or sabotaging the relationship, whatever you want to call it. I was so utterly convinced that I deserved happiness because I think a big part of it is I saw my parents have a pretty healthy relationship. They're still together now. They've been together for like 30 or 40 years. They've been married for like 30 or 40 years. I think like 40 something. Okay, they've been together for like 40 years, but married for like 35 or something like that. So I was so convinced that if my parents can be happy and they're not special, neither of them are fucking special, I can be. I can have a long-term relationship. I just have to figure out how to do it. I don't know how to do it. I'd been in abusive relationships for like eight years at that point. And so I knew that, you know, I don't know how to have a healthy relationship. I have to figure that out. But because I had that template from my parents, because I had that to work with, I was like, I know that I'm capable of having a healthy, happy, functional relationship. And because I was so convinced of that, when it came time to make things work with, you know, most of the girls that I've been with, but especially Imogen, we use her as the example because I'm obviously still with her after fucking two and a half years. I was so goddamn convinced that I deserved to make it work, that I could make it work, that I had the tools to make it work. I just had to figure shit out that when there were moments where Imogen was like, I don't know if this is going to work out or I don't know if I can handle this relationship. I feel like I'm a fuck up and Andy, you have your shit together. I don't know if I'm good for you because I felt like I deserve something good or because I wanted something good. I fucking made it happen. 
I sat her down. I spent so much. You have no idea. You guys have no idea how many thousands of hours, literally fucking thousands of hours at this point, I have spent mentoring and coaching Imogen to get her where she is right now. I have spent so much fucking time. Why did I do that? Not because I'm a nice guy. I'm not a fucking nice guy. It's because I spent, it's because I wanted it to work out because I felt like it has to work out. I I deserve for it to work out. It needs to work out. I don't want to live in a world where it doesn't work out. I want to know that I can make something like this. I can make a relationship work out. I was so fucking headstrong and stubborn with that. I was so convinced that I could make a relationship work once I figured out how to do it, that that became the self-fulfilling prophecy. And so instead of self-sabotaging, it's like I I self, what would be the word? I self-victoried. That's a terrible fucking word, but I self-victoried. I made sure that I was victorious. I was so utterly convinced that that was going to work out, that that became a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so when Imogen did have doubts, I would spend fucking 30 hours talking to her over the next week to, to talk through those doubts with her. When she did have jealousy, I would sit down and figure out how to make her feel less jealous. When she was convinced that, you know, you deserve better than me, Andy. Like I'm still at the start of my self-improvement journey. I don't deserve you. You're like mentoring all these people. You have this fucking website. You kind of have your shit together a little bit. I don't even remotely have my shit together. You deserve better than me because I saw something in her that made me want to keep seeing her. I was like, no, fuck that. I'm going to make myself, my prophecy become a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm going to be so fucking stubborn and so headstrong and focused on what I want and my goals that I'm going to make them come true. There's a reason that a couple of podcasts ago, I had that whole podcast about uh, taking yourself seriously and going all in. If you're just like so fixated on your goals that you won't accept anything less than success and reaching those goals, you will make it happen. You will do things that other people are not willing to do. You will do everything it takes You will spend so much time and energy making it work that guess what? You will be successful because you just wanted it to happen. It became a fucking self-fulfilling prophecy. And then if you you flip that, if you're someone who doesn't believe that you deserve success or doesn't believe that you can be successful, you'll fuck it up. You'll do stupid shit that I wouldn't even contemplate doing because I don't want to fucking fail. You'll do the dumbest fucking shit and then you'll say, oh, look, see, I can't be successful. It's like, would you use getting laid as an example? If you don't believe that you're going to be successful, instead of going outside and talking to 30 girls or going on Tinder and using like fucking five boosts, spending like fucking $100 on boosts, taking better pictures, like just going all in and being crazy. If you don't believe that you can be successful, you just make an excuse. You'd be like, I can't talk to girls today. It's, it's, it's too cold. I can't go outside or we're in the middle of COVID. I shouldn't really be fucking talking to girls. Everyone's wearing a mask. I won't go outside. Or on Tinder, you'd be like, nah, like I want to save money. I don't want to spend too much money on boosts or, you know, Tinder's a scam. You know, I don't think I can get laid on there. I won't even try. I won't message any girls because they're all probably just going to fucking reject me anyway. You you create a fucking self-fulfilling prophecy because you believe it won't work out. You don't even try. You fucking don't even go all in. You sit on the bench and you say, yeah, there's no point. I won't win. Instead of getting your fucking ass off the bench, jumping in there, playing the game, playing to fucking win and making a victory happen. Let's tie this back to this girl. Although I will make a side note and say the the guy that I stopped being friends with 
everything he ever thought would come true came true for him. He had miserable relationships, relationships that were literally abusive by by the definition of the word, relationships with girls that just made him fucking miserable and he made them miserable. I've talked on previous podcasts, if you've listened to them, like you probably can figure out who I'm talking to. I haven't said his name or anything, but like it's the same guy who's been in relationships for like years with girls that he just didn't want to be with. And he got what he wanted or he got what he he thought he he deserved. He got what he was convinced would happen because he was so convinced that no relationship would work for him that guess what? No relationship worked for him. I think because I've been so convinced that I will eventually crack the code and figure out how to have a satisfying relationship, I think that's why I have. Even the girls that we see now, we're at a point now where all the girls we see are super nice, super feminine, super affectionate, just lovely fucking human beings that genuinely add to my life. Even the girls that we just see casually, it's just casual sex, but like, fuck these girls. I'm so glad that I met these girls. Why? Like, why am I in that position? Because I believed that that is what I was eventually going to get to. Or maybe it's not so much that I believed I would get there, but I was so fixated on that as a goal. For a long time, I didn't think I did deserve to get that. So maybe it isn't, maybe I didn't believe I would get there, but I still was obsessed about this goal, obsessed about having like functional, healthy relationships with human beings that I fucking respect, like women that I look at and I'm like, yeah, she's a fucking cool bitch. I like this chick. Like, she's awesome. Like, I genuinely would love to just grab a beer with her and get to know her. She's a fucking cool person. I'd recommend her to my friends as being like their friend. Like, she's she's a genuinely great person. She's cool. I was so conv- I was so stuck on that goal and wanting to make that happen. Even if for a long time I didn't think I'd actually get there, I wasn't convinced I would get there. I was still so obsessed about that that I ended up making it happen. It became a self-fulfilling prophecy. So let's pull it back to this girl and the notion of like disappointing people, fear of abandonment, all of that kind of stuff. What could she, what did she do wrong? And this isn't a criticism of her. I'm trying to show you what she did wrong in this situation so that some of you who do this kind of stuff where you subconsciously self-sabotage, I'm trying to get it across to you how, you know, and she's a great example. She, she was so convinced that the two of us, Imogen and I, were going to break up with her or not see her, or be disappointed in her and eventually leave her, that it's like she did. She took every possible action she could to make that happen. Even while we're fighting against her, as in fighting to keep her seeing us, we're literally saying, just come over. Just come over and chill. It's all good. We'd love to keep seeing you. Don't stress. And then afterwards, like I said, she sent a big, like, fucking 10-paragraph message about how she's such a disappointment and, you know, we probably won't want to see her anymore and she's so sorry that she wasted our time. And, like, it's like she's trying to fuck it up, right? She's trying really hard to fuck it up over nothing. Nothing. She just got sunburned and can't see us that night. How is that anything to have a big fucking 10-paragraph breakdown? She even, in her message, said, like, I've been crying for the last 30 minutes knowing that I let you guys down and that you won't want to see me again. It's like, can you just calm the fuck down? You just flaked on us and that's it. You didn't see us because you had sunburn. Cool. Just say, hey, sorry, I'm flaking. I'll see you in two days time. Instead, she had she was so utterly convinced that we would eventually stop seeing her that it's like she did everything she could to make that happen. And then we're fighting against her. We're literally saying it's all good. Imogen fucking sent her a message saying like, that's good, kitty. Like, that's all good, kitty. Don't stress. Like, stop stressing. This is fine. Like, we're happy to keep seeing you. Don't stress. 
Like, we're going to keep seeing you. You haven't let us down or broken our fucking hearts because you didn't see us one time. Come the fuck down. We'll see you in a couple of days. She replied to that and sent this message saying like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm in my head right now. Just like, give me a little bit of time to think about this, you know, you know. It's like you're making a big deal out of nothing because you're trying to self-sabotage. She is trying to fuck it up. She's like trying to fuck it up. And there there will be a part of her that wants us to reply or wants Imogen to reply and say like, yeah, okay, actually you are like, we can't handle, we can't handle this. Sorry, we can't be bothered with you. Fuck off. Like we're going to go talk to another girl. She wants that. She's trying to get that. And I saw this in my ex, my, my friend, who's now my, he's not my friend now. I saw this in him. He would fuck it up with girls. Girls would give him, like, they'd be really nice to him, but he'd be so convinced that, like, this is going to turn out horribly. You're going to abuse me. This is going to be a shit relationship. The girls would be like, no, I'm not. Like, I just, I want to be with, I just want to be happy with you. I'm happy to see you. And he'd be like, he'd actively say to them sometimes, I know you're eventually going to get sick of me and leave me. Exactly like this girl says. And it would eventually happen. The girls would get sick of him saying it over and over and over again. And they would eventually be like, all right, fine. Like, you're too annoying. I'm going to leave because you don't shut the fuck up about how I'm going to leave. So fuck it. I'm going to leave. And he'd be like, yep, I knew it. I was right all along. Oh, fucking hell. This shit is so hard for me to sit there and watch from an outsider's point of view. Because I see this with some of you guys as well. Not all of you. It's, it's, It's not all of you. But there are enough of you that have these self-fulfilling prophecies of like, I can never get laid. I can never have a lot of girls like me. I can never get laid a ton. I'll never be cool. And it's like, you make that happen. You manifest that into reality. It's just a stupid fucking thought in your brain that you think is true. You think that you can't be cool. You think that you can't get laid, but you've just fucking invented that in your head. That's sitting in your head and nobody else's. It's not a tangible reality out in the universe or something. It's in your fucking head. You've made it up. You're delusional. You're insane in a way. And then you take all the actions to make that come true. You don't go outside and talk to a bunch of girls. You don't go all in with your Tinder pictures. You don't fucking hit me up for fucking coaching where I can kick your ass into gear and make you successful. For fuck's sakes, I literally guarantee it's on my fucking coaching page. I guarantee you, if you hit me up, I will fucking change your life. Stop and think about that for a second. I have that written there. I will change your life. I have a fucking coaching package where you get two follow-up calls for accountability to make sure that I'm not just doing like a one-and-done coaching call with you. I literally pour my heart and fucking soul. I love that saying, heart and fucking soul. I say that all the time. I pour my heart and fucking soul into helping you be successful. And guys will still say like, yeah, but like, you know, I shouldn't hit him up for coaching because I'm just not going to be successful. It's like, for fuck's sakes. You are making that come true. You are manifesting that into reality. Just like this girl, it's like you're trying to push us away so that you can say, yeah, see, I knew that you guys would leave me. And it's like, you pushed us away. You made us. In fact, we were grabbing onto you and saying like, it's fine. We'll see you again. Stop stressing. And you kept pushing us away saying like, no, no, I know you guys secretly don't want to see me anymore. While we're saying we want to keep seeing you, you're saying no, I know you don't mean that. You're just being nice. And we're like, we're not being nice. We do want to see you. We like you. You're cool. You're hot. Let's keep seeing you. And you're like, no, you don't really mean that. Eventually you're going to leave. Or maybe you mean that right now, but you're eventually going to change your mind. Fuck. So 
self-fulfilling prophecies, self-sabotage. A lot of guys do this. A lot of girls do this. A lot of human beings do this. It's where you're so fixated on a bad outcome or you have a fear, you're worried something bad will happen, that you fucking make it happen. You do everything you can to make it happen and simultaneously you don't do any of the things that would stop it happening. You don't go all in with your goals. You don't be vulnerable and throw yourself into the deep end. You don't take action. You don't work on yourself. You don't improve. You don't reach out to other people for help because you think, oh, it's futile anyway. I'm going to fail anyway. What's the point in asking other people for help? Why should I reach out to Andy for coaching? Why should I hit him up? It's not going to work anyway. Why should I go on his forums and ask for help or, you know, post so I get accountability. What would be the point of any of that? It's not going to work anyway. So if you find yourself with these thoughts of like, it's not going to work, it's hopeless, it's never going to work out. In the show notes below, I'll leave a link to an article I wrote called, If You Feel Hopeless and Helpless. I want you to go and read that fucking article. It's a really solid article. I have a couple of YouTube videos and podcasts in there as well that I need you to listen to. Fucking listen to them for fuck's sakes. If you do one thing from my podcast, if you take one piece of advice, go and fucking read that article and do what I say in that article. Do your fucking homework. I can't help you if you're not willing to actually do the things that you need to do. Go and read that article. Go and do those things and start working on this or start being aware of your own self-sabotage, your own like negative thoughts and fears. Or if you're convinced that something won't work out, you need to be aware of that. And anytime you feel yourself starting to sabotage or starting to engineer a fucking self-fulfilling prophecy, hit the pause button, take a deep breath and say, do I have to fuck this up? Or is there something I can do instead that would lead me towards success? I'm so convinced that this isn't going to work out. Am I the problem? Am I the one that's making this not work out? Like, is it me? And you're going to find 99% of the time, yeah, it's you, motherfucker. It's you. You're fucking it up. There's no one else in your way but you. So many people would be 10 times more successful than they are. I I truly believe everyone is capable of reaching their goals, but 99% of people get in their own way. They have these self-fulfilling prophecies that they engineer, they fuck it up, they self-sabotage, and then they say like, see, I told you all along, I knew that this wouldn't work out. I, I, I was right. No, you weren't right, motherfucker. You just made it so, and you could have been right the other way. You could have been convinced, or you could have focused on making it work, and you would have self you would have done a self-fulfilling prophecy where you make it work. Essentially, what I'm getting to here is everything is a choice. You have free will. You have the choice to either move towards the light, towards your goals, towards the life you want to build, or you can move towards the dark and away from your goals and towards a shitty life. You have that choice. You are sitting in the middle. You always have that choice, no matter where you are, no matter how shit your life is, you always have the choice to move towards the life you want. It isn't life happening to you. It isn't preordained or predestined that, you know, I'm never going to be happy. You're never going to reach your goals. That's not preordained. You have a free will. You have free choice at every single point. Move towards what you want. And if you're going to engineer a self-fulfilling prophecy, make it a positive one for fuck's sakes. Keep in mind your goals, keep them firmly in your mind of what you're moving towards and make that your fucking reality.